and welcome to the Stories for Tomorrow podcast. So what's it all about? If you love listening to inspiring and fascinating stories, you are in the right place. We love chatting with interesting people, people with stories to tell. In each episode, we will be sharing true stories told by real people. We believe that stories should last forever, and our mission is to keep stories alive by sharing them. We hope you enjoy it. This podcast is sponsored by Clockbox, a digital memory box of your life to be shared with future generations. With your host, Larissa Lima. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this Stories for Tomorrow podcast. In this episode, we're going to speak with an amazing human who decided to dedicate his life to helping kids to become better adults and find their essential skills, no matter where they came from. So without further ado, let's get started with Gavin. Hello, Gavin. I'm so honored to having the Stars for Tomorrow podcast. How are you today? I am fine. I'm honored to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Ah, that's lovely. I was so excited when you decided to, to be part of the podcast as well. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're originally from. I am Gavin McCormack. I'm a teacher, a Montessori teacher. I'm the Montessori ambassador for Australia. I'm originally from England, but after traveling around the whole world, I decided that Australia was the sunniest and loveliest place to be. So now I live here. <laughs> lovely, lovely. And do you have a favorite childhood memory to share with us today? A favorite childhood memory? I do. When I was young, I used to live with my grandfather and um, he had a garden uh, filled with trees. And every day we'd go into the garden and we'd feed um, all these birds that didn't exist. They weren't there. We'd feed them. And suddenly, out of nowhere, out of the sky, hundreds of birds would appear every single day and start to roost in these trees. And it was like um, we could attract nature uh, in the middle of a city with, but just by clicking our fingers. And I remember it so vividly that it was so easy to get nature to come to you. You just needed to be kind. And we did it every single day for about five years. Oh, wow. That sounds so cool. And you actually learn about the birds and feeding them. That's so interesting. I it was very that. cool. That's so nice. So speaking about childhood, we can go straight into your passion for kids and education. You have been working as a teacher for over 25 years, worked in countries around the world, helped building schools in Nepal, have written five books, got named as one of the most influential educators of 2022, and the list goes on and on. So my question is, how this passion for education, helping others started? When you're a kid, have you ever dreamed about being a teacher? Um, look, when I was younger, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I had two younger brothers, and um, I had to take care of them a lot. They were younger than me. So I had to create, we didn't have a lot of money as children. We weren't rich. So I had to make up these games where uh, I could keep them entertained. So I'd invent this fictional world where my brothers would sit down and their friends would come around to the house 
And I would tell this story like, okay, you're in a jungle and you're a wizard and you're a dragon <laughs> and you're a tiger. And, uh, you know, this is the problem before us. And what do you do, Mr. Wizard? And the wizard would say, well, I want to get my axe out. And I'd say, okay, <laughs> now you've taken out your axe. And, and I'd start to tell these stories. Anyway, the, the, the pool of children coming to our house was growing every single day uh, to the point where I had 20 or 30 children in the house and I was only oh my 11 God. myself and so when I was 18 my mum she said I said what do, what am I going to be like I need to choose my university my degree and she said look you don't need to choose you're going to be a teacher you're amazing with children you're a storyteller just be a teacher so I just decided I'll be a teacher and I'm so glad that she told me because it's literally been the best decision I've ever made. I've been able to travel the world and you know, I've been able to do good because being a teacher is not like any other job. Apart from being a nurse or being a doctor or being an ambulance driver, those kind of service jobs, you literally get to go to work every day, but you get to change the world. And that those two things are a dream for me and it's been my catalyst for everything that I've done and all the work that I do, all the books that I've written, the schools I've built, whatever it is, it's all about helping others to become better and get to a place where they can flourish. Oh, that's so nice. That's so nice. Thank you so much for sharing. And how many countries have you been like while working, while teaching? Um, well, I left England. I went to live in France. I was an au pair. I looked after a little boy and a little girl for a couple of years. Then I played football in France and I moved to Spain. And I worked in Spain there in a school in Gibraltar on top of Gibraltar Rock, which was very cool. And then I traveled all through China and I was working little bits here and there. But then I went to Korea and I was working at the university in Korea. And then I came to Australia and I worked uh, at a Muslim school for 10 years and then a Montessori school. Then I was a Montessori principal. But all along that journey, I've flown around the world and done talks and seminars and training and uh, in India and Bangladesh and Nepal. I've done lots and lots of work in Nepal. So I've been in lots of places and uh, it's been amazing. And, you know, uh, I have this wanderlust. I cannot stop traveling. I just love it. I've just been to the North Pole actually last week. Yes, I saw the pictures. I couldn't believe it's so cool. Tell us a little bit about it. How was that? Okay, well, I'll tell you why. This is a really important because the why is always the question. Why do you do something it is crucial. So when I was working in Nepal, I was building a school in a place called Malamchi. And it's about, it's very high up in the mountains, away from everything. And I was building a school there. And um, a lady, she walked out of her house with a big dustbin filled with plastic bottles, filled with Coke and Mountain Dew bottles. And she poured them into a river. Now the river was dry, there was no water. Uh, but it was filled with plastic, this river basin, filled maybe a kilometer of plastic. And I said to the lady, hey, good morning. Um, can I ask you a question? Why do you always put your plastic into the river? And she said, hey, don't worry. When the rains come, all of this plastic goes away. And I said, do you know where it goes? And she said, um, no, uh, I, I don't know where it goes. I said, I'll tell you where it goes. I said, it goes down through Nepal into the Ganges, goes through India, ends up in Mumbai, ends up in the ocean, and then fish eat the plastic, you eat the fish, and that's what happens to the plastic. And she said, I've never seen the ocean, and I've never tasted a fish. And she walked back to her house. Oh. So, the reason I tell you the story is because 
She had no concept of taking care of the ocean. Why would she? The ocean to her is so distant. I might as well tell her to take care of Pluto or Neptune. That's how far away it is. Yes. So thinking about that, I then thought about the fact that in our schools around the world, we tell our children, ooh, the ice caps are melting. The polar bears are becoming extinct. You know, the walruses and the blue whale are in jeopardy of becoming extinct. And our children go, well, you know, I'm never going to see an ice cap or a blue whale. So there's no point in talking to me. And that's true. Unless you can feel it and be emotionally invested as a child, it's very hard to want to take action. So I went to a company called Aurora Expeditions. They're a cruise company. They're a very eco-friendly cruise company. They do everything they can to be sustainable. And I said to them, take me to the North Pole so I can teach children about polar ice caps, polar bears, walruses, glaciers, icebergs, but I'll do it right in front of what I'm trying to teach so the children can go, oh my goodness, he's telling me about ice caps and there's an ice cap right behind him. So I went there and recorded all the footage and taught all the lessons and it was totally amazing. I can't tell oh you. Oh my so, God. Yeah. And just to let your listeners know, all of this is wrapped up in a free course. It comes out on October the 10th and it can be found on my website. It's called upschool.co.co and uh, they'll access all these materials and all these resources and it's completely free. There's never a charge to access any of it. Oh, that's amazing. I'm going to put the link in the, the podcast description as well. So if it's somebody wants to check it out, definitely do it. So the link is going to be in the podcast description. And cool. uh, you also told me about when you're teaching about pole bears and then one just appeared at your shoulder. Yeah, yeah. Look, I had this dream, although I thought it was impossible, of teaching a lesson about polar bears. You know, it's easy to teach you about icebergs or ice because it's everywhere. But polar bears, they're very hard to see. And yeah. so uh, we went on the boat and I was teaching a lesson about polar bears. And I said to the team, look, if there's there's no polar bears, don't worry. We'll just superimpose a polar bear later on using uh, CGI and make it look real. But as we drove out there, there was just a polar bear, 700 kilograms, huge, huge polar bear, right on the ice, right behind me. And I got to teach the lesson like, Hello, everybody. We're going to be learning about polar bears. And look over my shoulder, there's a polar bear right there. And it was just, it was mesmerizing. I can't tell you how good the feeling was. Oh my God, that's so exciting. So exciting. Thank you so much. I definitely going to watch it. It's yeah, probably okay. so cool. <laughs> and um, let's say that we are creating a clock box time capsule for you, that the release time is going to be in 50 years. What would you clock in there to describe who you are? What would you add into your time capsule? Okay, I, I would definitely do this. I mean, this is not me doing a pitch for something that I've created. It's not about that. But when I was in school, I was bullied. I, I was bullied. I was really poor. My family were really poor. We lived in an area where people were quite rich. And so I had holes in my trousers and my, you know, nothing ever fit me. And I had the old shoes and we lived in a terrible house and all this stuff. We had an old car. And so I was kind of outcast and ridiculed and bullied. And then when I became 25, 30 years old, I wrote a book. I wrote a children's picture book about a penguin. And the penguin is really kind. He's just kind all the time. And he's bullied because he's poor and he's got a single family and a single parent family. And in the end, his kindness 
um, serves him very well, and he ends up uh, finding this beautiful penguin of his dreams when he's going to the mating colony. That everybody wants to marry her, uh, but uh, they go to her with the wrong gifts. He goes with kindness and they go with these shiny stones, which is what penguins actually do when they're breeding. And so I would put that in there simply because, number one, it's a story uh, that's close to my heart. Number two, it teaches a valuable lesson about the fact that the greatest gift on this planet is kindness. You cannot give something better than that. It doesn't matter about money or possessions or kindness is the greatest gift we can give to somebody else. But also, um, it's a valuable lesson for, for, for my grandchildren's grandchildren's grandchildren to read and go, oh my goodness, I, I'm just going to be kind. And there's a lot to be said for being kind in this world. You can get very, very far being just a good person. Definitely. That's so nice, definitely, 100%. That, and do you think like the, the book describes, in a way, who you were in your childhood? 100%. The penguin is me. You know, I oh, wrote it for that good. reason. Because, you know, I, it's it's very hard being a child if you feel left out. You don't know what to yeah. do. You don't know where to turn. You know, I wasn't bullied violently, but there's another kind of bullying where, you know, they're choosing a team and you're the last one. Or there's a birthday party, you're not invited, you know. Um, and so, um, you know, it doesn't feel good to be ostracized or outcast like that. And um, it, there's an important lesson for those people also who are thinking about leaving somebody else out and say, hey, hey, you know, maybe we shouldn't do that. It's not a very nice thing to do. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good to commit that. And it doesn't feel good to receive it. A hundred percent. Definitely. A hundred percent. And uh, whose time capsule would you like to receive or have received if you're somebody that passed away already? Oh, that is a very, very good question. Would you like to pass on your legacy and never be forgotten? Download an easy guide on how to create a digital time capsule from this podcast description and save your memories forever for future generations. This podcast is sponsored by Clockbox, a digital memory box of your life. Look, I am a Montessori teacher. And so I would love to know what Maria Montessori would have left in her box because I am in awe of this lady, you know, I did a, a diploma in Montessori and an early childhood diploma and someone who had that much dedication, I don't know if you know about her, but basically she was working in, in, in the favelas and the shanty towns in, 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 the, in, the, uh, in the areas where children were the poorest of the poor and she simply observed them and she saw the skills that they had. It wasn't the possessions or the knowledge or the tests or the schools or the percentages. She observed them looking for skills. And we forget that these skills are really important today. And I would love to know what her drive was because she was also friends with Mahatma Gandhi. She gave her entire life to education. And, you know, I'm a Montessori teacher now, thanks to her. And she uh, is a role model to lots of us. So I would love to see what she would have put inside, of course, because that would be uh, some of the secrets to the questions that I've never had answered. Amazing. That's a very good choice. Very nice. Thank you. <laughs> well, I've read so many of her books and I've quoted her so many times uh, that I'd love to know what the secrets to her motivation were. Definitely, definitely. And I also saw in one of your posts that you said um, you put a Gandhi quote that was, I will never understand true happiness until you have someone who can never pay you back. 
and you said it really resonates with you and from all the things that I read it's definitely true it's a quote from Gandhi actually by yeah. Gandhi uh, and of course you know that's the truth you um, quite often we feel that we give to somebody to receive or you know um, it's not the case you, you, there's no better feeling than giving for the sake of giving uh, and unless you do that you don't understand how that feels and when you discover it I'm lucky at that I'm lucky I discovered that and every teacher out there knows this. You go to school, you do your planning, your preparation, you set up the classroom, the kids come in, they do their work, they work really hard, they're happy, they're having fun, they're smiling, they're safe, they're comfortable and then they go home. And then they graduate and off they go into the world and you never see them again. Uh, you know, you don't know what's yeah. happening but you, you've helped them along their way, you've been their guide and then you it's almost like Gandhi said, you know, you, you, that's true happiness. Just knowing that these wonderful human beings are going out into the world is enough. Ah, that's so nice. That's so nice. And you also mentioned to me that you wrote a book uh, for parenting now because you have written for like kids before. Why did you decide to do the shift for parenting now? Well, I was uh, asked to be the Montessori ambassador for Australia, and um, which was quite a, a real honor for me because there are many people who have more qualified in terms of experience in Montessori. And so I, um, you know, I was a school principal for four years uh, running a Montessori school. So I'd talk to parents every single day about how to deal with your child and what to do about getting confidence going and all this stuff. I started writing them down. And after a while I realized, goodness me, I've written down hundreds of these bits of advice that I've given to parents. I thought, why don't I just write a book on all these things? So I set a task of writing a book and um, I've just uh, published it uh, this year in uh, December, in January. It's called The Potential in Every Child. And it's a, basically a parent's guide to um, allowing your child to become confident, independent, resilient, persistent, determined, empathetic, but within the realms of your house and you don't need to do anything apart from just live your normal life, but looking in different areas of how you practice the, the act of parenting. And um, I think it's wonderful. It's actually on the bestsellers list at the moment on Amazon, so your listeners can find it everywhere. Um, but uh, it's not about the money or anything. I just It's beautiful to know that families out there will be able to go, ah, I understand what's happening now. I've got the keys to get my child to become confident or independent or whatever that looks like. Amazing. Thank you so much, Gavin. I can also put the link in the description. So if anyone that has interest in to check it out the book, definitely, I would strongly recommend. It's going to be in the podcast description as well. Thank you so and much. just one final question for you before we wrap it up. Um, what would you say it was the most important thing that you've learned in life? In my life, the most important thing that I have learned in my life is that you must trust your instinct you must go with your gut feeling because um, I'm the kind of person who has done lots of things and been to lots of places and tried everything you can try uh, literally everything if someone puts it in front of me and says would you like to do this whatever my instinct says I go with that and there have been occasions when I have gone against my instinct you know I've got this really old car And um, I love it so much. It's 1974. It's a very old car, but I love it. It's my thing. I just love it. It's beautiful. I've had it for a long time. And one day I was parking on a street and I parked it. And as I parked it, something inside me said, 
don't park in here. Move it. Move it. And I, I said, I just thought to myself, don't listen. Get out of the car and go to school. It's totally fine. The end of the day, I came out and somebody had crashed into my car. Oh, my and God. And they smashed the side off and the mirror was on the ground. And I said to myself, God, I should have listened to my instinct and moved it when I knew it. And that's just one example, but that has happened many times. And I would say, go with your instinct and be confident about your decision. Because once you decide, then you just put all in and go for it. Um, because there's no point in loitering in the past. The past doesn't exist. The future is a fiction of your imagination. You just go with what's happening right now before you. And usually it works out. Amazing. Thank you so much. It was an honor for me, Gavin, to get to know you a little bit better and understand more about your story and sharing your wisdom in the Stories for Tomorrow podcast. It was an honor. Thank you. It was also my honor to be on your podcast. And if your listeners want to find anything else about me or have any resources or teaching resources, parenting resources, they can find it on my blog, gavinmccormack.com.au. Everything is free and they can take whatever they like. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Stories for Tomorrow. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This podcast is sponsored by Clockbox, a digital memory box of your life to be shared with future generations. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.